Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Second Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 7, you'll find these words. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sakes, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Saints of God, this afternoon, I just want to speak with you from the thought, the problem that just won't go away. The problem that just won't go away. As a Bible student and reader of the Word of God, if you have any initiative as it relates to the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, you will find that Paul had another problem that was even more arduous and more uh, heartbreaking for him than the thorn in the flesh. It was this very church at Corinth. No other church in the Bible is it recorded of the kind of iniquity and transgression and the kind of evil that went on at the church at Corinth. If there was any church that would have imploded on itself, it would have been the church at Corinth. They were taking one another to court. There was incest in the family. They were those who were lying against the apostle. I mean, all kinds of things were going on at Corinth. But yet Paul still called them brethren. I want you to know today that just because you are a believer in Jesus Christ does not make you perfect. It it does not make you where you will not have struggles, you will not have trials and tribulations, you will not fall into temptation. Because being a believer in Christ does not make you perfect, but it should make you faithful. See, there's a difference in being faithful and being perfect. When you are faithful, 
and dependent and trusting upon one who is perfect, we find rest for our souls. And this is important in these days and times when we're wrestling with all manner of evil. We live in a wicked and perverse generation. It is almost as if it's like the days of Noah when men did whatever entered into their heart. Saints of God, over the last, I would say, two or three weeks, it is unimaginable some of the things that I have heard that people are getting into. Some of the things that they are getting to relationally and some of the, the forays and iniquity that they're getting into. And in their minds, everything is all right. There is this concept of uh, uh, polyamory, and that is where one man and one woman has more than one husband and more than one wife. You find where there's a husband and a wife, and then there's a husband and a wife, and then there's a wife and a husband, and they're all in the house, and you don't know who's the husband of what wife, and it's all mixed together. One man is having children by one woman and the other man is by the other and then they're sharing children in between them. And they say we're one big happy family. Now saints of God, you know something's wrong with that and I don't know where they're finding happiness in this but I can see the enemy working his devilish deeds. We live in a world where relationally Folks cannot figure out how to be committed in a relationship. We've had that problem for a long time, but now folks are just checking out. They don't have any feelings. They don't have any desire. Amen. I've even heard of a man who, who married a woman and then at a certain point he lost his desire for her. But in, they didn't decide to get a divorce. They didn't decide to split but he decided that she could go and be with other men. And he professes that it doesn't bother him at all that she's with other men because he doesn't have any desire for her any longer. So all they really have is a financial relationship to pay some bills, to keep a house over their head, and they're calling this a marriage. See, we're living in times like that. So it's not all that different than what was going on in Corinth or even in the days of Noah. And so it is in these times, amen, when we live in a culture that's this toxic, that new problems enter into our families that just doesn't seem as if they'll ever go away. This text allows us to realize that there are going to be some things that's going to come into our lives that may be things that we have never experienced before. There are going to be problems that you're not going to be able to go down to the local CVS or Walgreens to pick up some pain relievers or maybe to to go down there and get a band-aid or two and fix. These are problems that go beyond any of the material things that we have in this land. There are problems.
problems that may not just go for a year or two, but maybe years or decades, multiple decades, those problems that just seem as if they won't go away. Saints of God, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that because undoubtedly, almost everyone in here, if not everyone, has at least one of these going in their life right now. As the pastor standing here, I'm saying to you that I'm dealing with those as well. Problems that I've prayed about and I've asked the Lord and sought the Lord on and there have been many years have passed and those problems just won't go away. But saints of God, that doesn't mean that you stop praying. In our text we find that Paul did not stop after his first seeking of the Lord. The text says that he sought the Lord three times. But it's not three as a number being so magical. But he sought the Lord until he got an answer. Are y'all following me today? It may not be three, it may be 33. It may be 3,003. I don't know, but when you're praying to the Lord and seeking of the Lord, seek an answer from the Lord. The Bible teaches in Luke chapter 18 about the persistent widow. She just wouldn't give up looking for justice in her life. And saints of God, when you have problems that linger in your lives and they just seem as if they're never going to go away, don't become callous and just say, that's just how it's going to be, and then go on with your lives and then become callous toward them and become indifferent. No, continue to call upon the Lord. Many times that I've said and repeated the the word of God in Peter where he talks about that the Lord says that God does not count slackness as men count slackness. God is not on the same microwave timetable that you and I are on. See, we got to have it right now. We ain't got time to wait hours and days for stuff. We need to get it right now. Pop it in the microwave, get it out, and satisfy the hunger. But God is not part of this generation. God has not changed even before the foundations of the world. So God wants to remind us that he doesn't move according to our pip-pop and popcorn generation. He moves according to his will and his way. The prophet Isaiah reminds us that God doesn't think like us. And God's ways is not like our ways. In Isaiah 55, he says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, are my ways than your ways and my thoughts from your thoughts. So therefore, if that is true, which if we believe God, then God must be true, then there are going to be some things that we think ought to be worked out one way and in one time that God is in disagreement with. 
But what God is looking for is not super Christians that are able to solve every problem themselves, but he's looking for faithful Christians who depend upon him to do for them what they cannot do for themselves. And there are problems that we are facing, amen, and if we have not faced them yet, just keep going to bed and getting up. They're on the way, and there are going to be problems that are going to go day after day after day. It may be difficult people in your life, on your job. It may be difficult people in your personal life that just seem like they won't go away. You just wish one morning that you'd wake up and you would see a for sale sign on their house or you would find out that the room that they rented is empty now because they're gone on. But for some reason, God keeps some of these folks who are just flat out irritants in your life real close to you and reminds you on a daily basis. But you know what, saints of God? Sometimes that which is not good to us is good for us. Sometimes that irritating individual that just keeps getting on your nerves is a tool in the hand of the master to make you better to make you more gentle, to make you more patient if you trust God's process. See, sometimes, amen, and we've been studying, amen, in Sunday school, that we can't wait on the Lord. Like Abraham and Sarah couldn't wait upon the Lord and they decided we got to take this in our own hands. Here, Abraham, take Hagar and go over there and make a baby. And then there's the promise. Now you can have more children, then the descendants, and then you'll be a father of many nations. But God did not ordain that. Amen. And so all they did is made a big mess. Amen. A mess that they couldn't clean up. See, Hagar wouldn't go away, and neither would Ishmael. See, all the days of their lives and generations afterwards is still dealing with that issue. If you realize or not that Ishmael is where the Muslims come through and it's down through Isaac where we get the Israelites. And if you go over into the Middle East today, you are still seeing the battles. They're still fighting over in the Gaza Strip. And God said that there was going to be that tug of war. He said that Ishmael was going to always be rising up. And so Ishmael is. Now Abraham and Sarah has been gone, been dead and gone a long time. But that problem is still there. But during their lives, I believe they learned a lot about going before God. And that is what we have to do as well today. God has some lifelong problems that won't get out of our lives because God is using them to conform us into the image of his son. Paul lets us see in the text that when Paul got the news, Paul changed his perspective. And so we should change ours. After he sought the Lord, looking at the text, after three times, and the Lord answered, Paul then changed his ways from desiring to have it taken away and then he started to embrace it. Now it's one thing to read this, it's another thing to live it. 
it's easy to see when looking at Paul, you know, he, he sought the Lord three times. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient. But if you think about it, whatever the pain was, whatever the thing that Satan was buffeting him with, it was still painful even after he heard from the Lord. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in pain, it's hard for me to rejoice. It is what I'm commanded to do, but it's simple, but it's not easy. And we must look at this text and not let this text lay down on all fours, but realize that this is a real person with real issues in a real life, just like you and I. It may have been almost 2,000 years ago when he experienced these things, but people haven't changed. See, times have changed. Technology has changed, but people haven't changed. People still have the same issue, still have the same characteristics and attributes that they did back then. Out with all this nonsense about we evolved. No, man is still the same. God created him in one way and he's still the same today. And so the same issues and the same problems still come up in our lives today. But we must work to learn not to eschew them, as Job said, but to embrace them. There are some of these that just are there to make us strong. The text says, he says, when I am weak, then I am strong. I am strong because he's trusting in the Lord to see him through things that he doesn't have the power to change. It may be a wayward daughter or a wayward son. It may be a difficult relationship with a husband or a wife. It may be a friend. I don't know. Amen. It may be a sickness in your life. It may be a handicap to you that you believe if you just had this handicap removed from you, then things would be much better. But sometimes when we can do too many things and do too much well, we are deceived. We are deceived into believing that it's all about us. And we stop looking to the Lord. So sometimes it's good that we have that handicap to remind us that we can't do it on our own. And we have to rely on somebody else to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Sometimes in the very fact that you have this handicap and you've got to seek a friend or a loved one or an acquaintance to do it for you should remind you that you can't do everything. Amen. And there are things that God needs to do on your behalf. And so the apostles says, he says, therefore I gladly would rather boast in my infirmities. He said, I'd rather boast in my sickness. I'd rather boast in the health problems I had. You, you know, uh, some of you, and then some of you may not, know that Paul had eyesight problems. So Paul had difficulty in reading. So therefore, he had to use folks to help him write as well because of his bad eyesight. He was relying upon other folks, which was a reminder that he must rely on the Lord. Well. Uh, don't, don't, uh, don't despise the times when you have to look to somebody else for help. See, we as a people, amen, as a human race, we have the tendency to be prideful. Amen. 
We, we really want to be independent and we don't really want anyone to have to do anything for us. Amen. You know, I, I'm saying it's not because of what I heard, but because of what I know. I, I don't really like that. I, I want to be one who helps other folks. Amen. Then other folks helping me. But there are times when there are things that I can't do. God puts me in situations that I got to ask for somebody else's help. But those are the times when we're humbled. Those are the times when we realize that we're not all that and a bag of chips. Amen. That we got to put down some of our pride and pick up some humility. And say, Lord, however you want to supply my need, have your way. I've done all I can do, but I've come up short. And Lord, I acknowledge that I need you. But the tough part of this, even when we get there, is to be like Paul and gladly embrace it. Because I don't know about you, but when I've gotten myself in those situations, there are times when I have been broken enough to ask. But I wasn't all that happy about it. Amen. Amen. And my mind was racing down the road figuring out now how am I going to get this person their money back? How am I going to do this and get this back to this person? I don't want to have this very long. That's my nature. That's my thinking pattern. But sometimes I need to just rest and let the Lord work some things out because I'm thinking through stuff and I don't have the capability or the foresight to know how this is going to work out. But what we ought to do is we ought to trust the Lord to work out what we have been crying about. Amen. Just let the Lord have it. Amen. And embrace it and rejoice. To understand that God is just using these situations for our benefit. Even if it's the problem that just won't go away. Saints of God, I just wanted to talk to you a little while from that because especially as Christians, we, we get to the point to where we, uh, we learn how to look good. Boy, there's nothing like a Christian that's been around a while and have learned how to look good. Learned how to come to church and look like there's never anything wrong. Never come and, and, and share with someone else, amen, that you need a specific prayer request in your life or you might need some help, amen. Sometimes we allow ourselves to go all the way down before we allow somebody else to come in and pick us up. But this text is a text to say, don't let it go that far. Be humble and know that God has left all of us here for a reason. We're not islands unto ourselves. But God has left us to be helpers to one another. Because two is better than one. That when one falls, there'll be another there to pick them up. Saints of God, that's all I had to say today. But I, I believe that I was led to do that because of the times that we live and how we learn how to be so independent. And sometimes we just take ourselves to places that we should not have had to go if we had just stopped, put down our pride, and picked up our humility. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Amen. At this time, the door of the church is open. 
There may be somebody here who needs to get to know the Lord in the pardon of their sins. Somebody needs to confess their sins and allow the Lord to come in their heart and make them brand new. That they can confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead. Then you shall be saved. Maybe somebody here today that has known of the Lord but doesn't know the Lord personally. The Lord gives invitation right now. His arms are open wide that you can come in and he'll come in and sup with you. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Amen. Come unto Jesus. Why?